Pastor Xavier Reese, viewing the heavenly perspective of the enemies of the Lord. David didn't see no difference between being with the sheep and being before Goliath. Wow. You see, if we look at things of life through our own dependency, then we will be freaked out by the giants. Every time. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. There's the key. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. David, the shepherd boy, was confident for victory in the battle with the giant Goliath, not because he had a bigger sword, but because he had a bigger God. And as Pastor Xavier continues our series in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel today, he draws out some important and practical simple truths for victory in battling life's challenges, large or small with the beloved story of David and Goliath. Let's listen. The um, message is entitled, David Defied Goliath. Notice verse 1 through 3 here of the chapter. The Philistines went to war with Israel. They are the enemies of Israel from the beginning. We've seen this. The Philistines had a formidable champion. He was a giant, verse 4 tells us. He was a champion, meaning a man between two armies. And this depicts the very outcome of the fight, that one from each army, and then whoever won would be the victor. His name is reflective of that practice. And his stature is given to us. He's nine foot six inches tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. By the way, bronze or brass is always symbolic of judgment. This guy's head was judged already. He was going out to die and didn't know it. He had a coat of mail, the weight of the coat, 5,000 shekel, bronze again, bronze armor, his legs, and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. This guy was judged from head to toe. <laughs> Goliath belittled them in verse 8. He stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? In other words, what are you guys trying to do? You can't compete against us. And he asked them, Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. He said, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And this was the conventional warfare in those days. Rather than spilling a lot of blood, you pick two champions, they fight, the one who won, that's the way it was. The Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. That was his mistake, and we're going to see this. Now notice, secondly, comes the conversation about Goliath, verse 12 to 30. Verse 12 through 19, the occasion occurred as David was sent to the camp of Israel by his father. Jesse had eight sons, and David's brothers are given in 13 through 14. Three oldest sons had gone to follow Saul in battle. They had been drafted in to the army. Their names, Eliab, the firstborn, then Abinadab, then the third is Shammai. We saw that in the previous chapter. David was the youngest. And Jesse, the father of David, told him to take to his brothers the ephod, dried grain, loaves, to the camp, and then also to the cats and some cheese and stuff like that. But the arrival of David at the camp allowed him to witness the words of Goliath and their effect upon the soldiers. 
Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard him. The Israelites ran. They fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. These are the soldiers. These are not civilians. David responded, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? David was outraged at Goliath. Not intimidated by Goliath, that he should defy the armies of the living God. There is the problem. David's the only one that sees it. Look at 29 through 30. David gave a mouthful to his older brother and the men. I love David. And he exposes the complacent attitude of his brother. Is there not a cause? This is the key verse for the chapter. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to rise up when there's evil in our nation today? When good is being said, it's evil, and evil is being good. Have you ever read the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the Hall of Faith? Verse 32 to 34 says this, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens or strangers. These men and women were not afraid or intimidated by the Goliaths of life, and neither should you and I. You understand? David had a heart for God, and he took the challenge of Goliath to the nation. Personal. Personal. Each of us should take the doctrinal challenges against the church today as Goliaths defying God. How are you regarding heresy? How are you regarding what people say about the Bible? The emergent church movement attacking the trustworthiness of God's word. Declaring that there's not an objective truth you can learn from the Bible. We're wasting our time. And if you study prophecy, you're wasting your time. You should be worried about the culture and social things. And God wants you to establish the kingdom. Really? It's a scary time. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, The Holy Spirit has spoken clearly. Then in the latter times, some will depart from the faith through seducing spirits, doctrines of demons. It's real simple. David did not allow the complacency or compromise or the lack of courage by the intimidation of Goliath to affect his own personal faith, responsible to God, and neither should we. The conversation about Goliath was because David knew the Lord. Because he knew the Lord. What a contrast. Red-headed, freckle-faced kid. <laughs> Notice thirdly, we have the destruction of Goliath. Now, the conference of David, don't miss it, was in God. The hope of Saul was in David. The words of David in 31 had been re reported to Saul, so he sent for him. What else? The words of David to Saul were this in 32. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight with this Philistine, a derogatory term in this point. The words of Saul to David were emphatic. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he, a man of war from his youth, verse 33 says, Saul is looking at things through the man's eye. He's fearful. God's not with him. 
He's trusting himself. And this is the way you look at things if you're not walking with God. You understand? It doesn't mean that we don't fear. I fear, but I, I don't let fear grip me. You understand? I have to come back to get my eyes on the Lord. 34 to 37, the hope of David was God. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flood, I went out after it, struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard, and I struck and killed it. David didn't see no difference between being with the sheep and being before Goliath. Wow. You see, if we look at things of life through our own dependency, then we will be freaked out by the giants. Every time. Notice in 36 and 37. He says, so it would be against Goliath. He takes what life has taught him and he carries it over to application. It's no big deal to God. He says, your servant uh, has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. There's the key. Moreover, David said, the Lord Yahweh, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The living God here opposed the dead idols of the Philistines. And so the hope of Saul was in mere victory. David's hope was in the glory of God. You understand? There's a big difference. Notice Saul attempted to prepare David for the battle, clothing him with his armor, and he puts on a bronze helmet on his head and also clothed him with a coat of mail in verse 38. And then Saul, observing him, as he fastened his sword on his armor, and he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. How wise that was. Look at verse 40 through 51. The dependency of David was, listen, on his God. His dependency was on his God. Verse 40, David trusted the weapons God had trained him with. Oh, this is so good. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five stones, smooth stones from the brook. He put them in the shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. These were the tools of a shepherd. Goliath, notice 41, came forth. And so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And then in 42 through 44, Goliath was insulted by the presence of David because he's a soldier. David's not even a soldier. In 42, he despised David in heart. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, redhead, freckles. He cursed David by his God, by word. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? He's got a staff. Am I a dog? I'm a soldier. That you come to me with sticks and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He wants David bad. 
And David, I love it, he responds to Goliath in 45 to 47. In 45, he announces his coming as a representative of God. Man, learn this. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. The phrase, the Lord of hosts, means the captain of the armies of heaven. And when that phrase is used, he's going to war, and he's never lost a battle. Wow. He announces victory beforehand and the purpose in verse 46. This day the Lord Yahweh will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of Philistines to the birds of the earth, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Not that they may know that a shepherd beat him, not that David beat him, but that there is a God in Israel. What is the cause and the purpose of you doing and living the way you do? Is it to people to say, man, is he a godly person? Now they may say that. But what is the goal? What is the heart of you? Is it to give glory to God? Is it to look for people to point to God or what? Very important. Notice in 47, he announced that the doing and the glory would be God's. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord Yahweh does not save by sword or spear, by the battle is the Lord Yahweh's, and he will give you into our hands. David made it perfectly clear that God would defeat him. God was going to do it. Simple principle that just keeps you on track with God, ladies and gentlemen. Next thing David does, he ran out to slay the giant. Look at 48. He faced his enemy. So it was when the Philistines rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened. And he ran towards his army to meet the Philistines. Goliath must have just blown his mind. He says, what in the world is this guy thinking? <laughs> then David put his hand in his bag, and he took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Just like his God, Dagon. You remember Dagon? They put the ark in there, fell down, picked him up. Next day, he's down. His hands are over there. His head's over there. <laughs> and then he killed his enemy. Listen. So David prevailed over the Philistines with the sling and the stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. He's not a soldier. And so he cuts off the head of his enemy, striking fear in the enemy with his own sword. Verse 51, Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took the sword and drew it out of the sheath and killed him. And he cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. One man who trusted God made a big difference to the nation. Listen to me. One man who trusted God made a big difference to the nation. God doesn't need many people. He really doesn't. The men took courage. The men of Israel and Judah arose and they shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gate of Ekron. I mean, they just scurried. They just, the men took courage through David. And the nation was enriched through David also. Don't miss this in, in verse 53 there. 
Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. They took all their wealth, all their things. And the man David took his trophy with him. 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Why? Jerusalem wasn't under the hand of David. It was under the Jebusites who were occupying it. Well, later on, we're going to see David takes Jerusalem and they mock David. He said, we'll put our blind and our cripple and you still couldn't take it. This is an announcement to the Jebusites. Heads up. Look what happened to this guy. I'm coming. That's good advertisement. <laughs> look at 55. Saul was impressed. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, he says, whose son is this youth? He didn't acknowledge him for who he was. He acknowledged him for what he could get from him. You understand? There's the difference. God's not with Saul. Saul sees God's with this guy. I want to receive the benefit of God. I want to come in the back door. You understand? Many people like that. Maybe you're here this morning. You don't know God, but you like being around the people of God. You like the benefits. They're nice people. People have a difficult time with this, with Saul saying, because as you know, David has already been in the court. It could be that he's inquiring more about the standing of his family. As you know, people who are important and they have people serving them, they rarely take notice of them, really. And if they are out of their environment, they may not even recognize them. Let alone if they do, they don't speak to them. Saul's in the flesh. Okay? I don't find any difficulty with this. Abner was oblivious. As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. He doesn't know all the people. Nobody does. I don't know all your names. I recognize you by face, but I don't know all your names. <laughs> Notice 56. Saul was uh, interested in David, so the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. The believer is acknowledged by those in power only when they appear to do great things. You notice that? Only when they appear to do great things. It is self-serving to gather the best to bring glory to self. And that's always the case. The famous quote of Chesty Puller, general of USMC. He said, we're surrounded. That simplifies the problem. The confidence of the believer must be in God alone. It simplifies the problem. You understand? If you look anywhere else, think that real complicated, real fast. At times, the believer trusts in his own abilities. At other times, he trusts in the abilities of others. But though God uses ability and talents in people, we must always be looking to God and waiting for God to speak to our hearts. Very important. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.5 says, the context is the mind of a servant. You are not here to be served this morning. You are here to serve. I am not here to be served. I am here to serve. You understand? There's no other type of service in the church. The dependency of the believer must equally be and always be in God alone. Not in how God works in other people's lives. We want to learn from each other, but there's, there's no pattern, no cookie-cutting Christian. 
Not in methods or in patterns that are passed on as formulas of success. Not in word only, but in deed. Every step, every trial, every situation, despite the difficulty, I have to walk with God. I have to be directed by God through his word. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing in John 15, 5. Do you believe that? Absolutely nothing. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, Philippians 4, 13. All things that God calls me to do, not all things I want to do. <laughs> God called me to be a shepherd. He opened the doors. God wants to establish a church. He's done it. God wants you fed. He's doing it. Don't look to me. And when God wants to shut it down, he shuts it down. You understand? The believer must only use the weapons that God has ensured for victory. Are you ready for them? The posture of prayer. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. All things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. The power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18. Keep on being filled with the Spirit of God. And the pure Word of God. Sharp to edge of sword. Piercing the sun, the soul, and the spirit. Hebrews 4, 12. Those are the only weapons that Jesus used when he defeated Satan in the wilderness. He was praying at the baptism. The Spirit of God descended upon him. The Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he used the Word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. Those are the only weapons you have. Prayer, power of the Spirit, Word of God. No other weapons. The believer must confront the Goliaths of life in faith and not run from them. It might be your old life of drugs or sex or whatever you come out of. It might be your marriage. It might be your children or one child. It might be a person who's a thorn in your flesh. You fill in the blank. Hebrews eleven six says, those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you realize that as a Christian you will make a big difference in people's lives? It could be your family, your friends, your wife, your children, your neighbor, someone you work with. Your church, you never know. God has called you to serve, to be his instrument for his glory. You're to follow Jesus, not a man. You're to be the church, not just go to church. <laughs> You're to give him glory, no one else. The destruction of Goliath was because David trusted in the Lord. The record of David slaying Goliath has unfolded from this three movement. Great lessons for us. The intimidation by Goliath worked because they were not trusting. They were not looking to the Lord. They were looking to Goliath. They weren't looking to the Lord. The conversation about Goliath was because David knew the Lord. He knew him. And the destruction of Goliath was because David trusted in the Lord. Simple principles never change. They're like red, yellow, and green lights. They always mean the same. People are very selective today in their relativism and subjective living and situational ethics. They say, well, what's good for you is not right for me. And what you call good, is, I don't think it's good. Well, they never do that when they balance their checkbook. They never do that when they drive down the traffic lights, right? Stop sign says stop. They don't go. It's all very selective. 
demonstrating how evil we are. Ladies and gentlemen, these principles are absolute and they go for every generation. And we need them when we face Goliath. And there will be many before I go home. Trust me. Pastor Xavier Reese, taking stock of the spiritual defenses that protect the armies of the Lord when devotedly fighting the good fight of faith of the gospel. Now today's message, David Defied Goliath, is available on CD for only $4. And this will include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is David Defied Goliath, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 